Okay, welcome to the Less Than 3% Podcast. My name is James Charpentier, and for this episode, we're going to talk about something that ties to a lot of the different things that I want to talk about on this podcast. So, just to really get right into it, this topic really includes altogether where me even pursuing a career in the medical field begins, and what I really want to talk about is really the key piece to the majority of all career paths for the most part. So for this episode, we are going to talk about education and schooling. So what I want to specifically talk about is really the issues that stand in the way of a lot of individuals looking for support that they need in order to pursue their dreams. And so we're going to focus this discussion mainly on disparities seen in the education system. To get started and really give a background, Among a lot of forms of inequity that we see in the U.S., education may very well be the largest. This is also mainly race-based, as many minority children face a very large amount of disparities that keep them from achieving success. And so as I just kind of bring this topic to mind, I want to give us some facts that would allow us to get a deeper background into what's being discussed in this episode. So I want to draw our attention to an article that was put together by the UNCF. And so what they did is put together a bunch of statistics that can be found by different studies. According to a study that looked over 2011 through 2012, it was found that 57% of black students have access to a full range of math and science courses needed for college readiness. For the next statistic, they went even further to show that when black students do have access to honors or AP courses, they're often very underrepresented. And so what they found was black and Latino students represent 38% of students in schools that offer AP courses, but only 29% of students enrolled in at least one AP course. Another area I want to point to is regarding teachers. And so one of the statistics they put together was focused on teacher expectations for students. Systemic bias was found in teacher expectations for African-American students, and non-black teachers were found to have lower expectations of black students as opposed to black teachers. So just to really name a few, these statistics help paint really a bigger picture on this area. And so many of these issues tie to really a greater systemic issue, to really a bigger overall issue. And now I want to take a deeper look into some of the statistics that were given regarding teacher equity, which was also put together by the U.S. Department of Education Office for Civil Rights. The first area that they mentioned was access to experienced teachers. So what they said was black, Latino, American Indian, and Native Alaskan students attend schools at higher concentrations of first-year teachers at a higher rate than white students do. That was a rate of 3 to 4% as opposed to 1%. Another statistic covered access to certified teachers. And so what the statistic mentioned was that while most teachers are certified, nearly half a million students nationwide attend schools where 60% or fewer teachers meet state certification and licensure requirements. And so the disparity that they found was really where these uncertified and unlicensed teachers were concentrated. And so what they found was that nearly 7% of the nation's black students, which is over half a million, attend schools where 80% or fewer of these teachers meet these requirements. So this shows that a lot of times minority, especially black students, do not really get the same quality in terms of their education or really the same access to certified or experienced teachers. And so this really adds a whole other element to these disparities that we're looking at. And so another source I want to point us to was a study that was done by Linda Darling Hammond at the Stanford University School of Education, which really covered the disparities that are shown when speaking of minority students in the United States. And so the first thing that they pointed to 
was a little bit deeper than just teachers or systemic bias that may be seen in schools, but rather they point to resources altogether. And what they found was urban districts do tend to have much less resources than suburban districts do. Keeping in mind that these districts do have high concentrations of low income and essentially minority students. And so that really ties back to the point that I wanted to make, which is that this issue doesn't just start and stop with within the school, but rather it points back to a greater systemic issue, which is seen in just communities, specifically urban communities, specifically predominantly minority communities. They don't receive the same level of resources that other communities do. And so personally, looking at all these statistics, they don't really come as much of a surprise to me. And really tying this back to my own career goals and how I feel this really connects to me is that in order to become a doctor, you have to first have the opportunity to become a successful student. This is really the same for lawyers, professors, nurses, and even entrepreneurs. A level of education is essential for finding success in really any career. And this really provides more context and gives a better idea of why there's such a lack of minorities in a lot of successful fields, not just medicine. And this really points straight back to the disparity in black male doctors. One thing I do want to take a turn towards in this conversation is really talking about what to do with this information. I think one thing that should always be discussed is how are we pursuing solutions? And pointing back to what I mentioned earlier, I want to go a little bit deeper with some of this with some of the statistics I've already mentioned. What I want to look at is an article that was written by, I hope I'm not butchering his name, but Corydon Ireland. And so this was essentially done in cooperation with Harvard. And one thing that was mentioned in this article is that urban schools really demonstrate the entire problem. And so what they mentioned is looking at New York City, just as an example, 8% of black males graduating from high school in 2014 were prepared for college level work. According to the CUNY Institute of Education Policy, which also mentioned that Latinos were close behind at 11%. But another thing I want to point to in that same article is that they mentioned better performance is possible for minority students, that this can be dealt with, this can be solved, this can be improved. Really, a lot of the solutions that were mentioned in this article that I really want to point to really do all connect to one thing, and they show a long-term process. And it really just involves a lot of factors that can be worked on long-term and need to be worked on long-term. Just to read these off, the first thing that's mentioned is access to early learning. So really being able to get access to quality education at the youngest age possible, improving K through 12 schools, having more family meal times, reinforcing learning at home, data-driven instruction, longer school days and years as another option, respect for school rules, small group tutoring, high expectations of students, and safer neighborhoods. And so one thing I'm noticing as I really look through these is there are some clear similarities between some of these different solutions that they're mentioning. For instance, they mention things such as reinforcing learning at home, more family meal times, and safer neighborhoods. And one thing I find is these things don't necessarily occur within the school building, but it shows that outside of school is just as important as inside of school, that if kids are not able to be in an environment that benefits them and is conducive to their learning experience and their development, they're not going to be able to perform as well as they can when it comes to the classroom. Another thing that's also mentioned is things like improving K-12 schools, having more access to early learning and longer school days and years, as well as data-driven instruction. And I think these right here are also very crucial because they show that 
There are different steps that can be taken to help improve schools altogether, to help bring higher quality learning. And I think all these things don't necessarily show just a complete one-size-fits-all solution that just ends everything right then and there, but it shows that there are different steps that can be taken just to improve students' experiences. And so one thing I really want to tie all this back to is it is a process, and that it really takes working on individuals and helping individual learning, but it also takes really trying to correct the system little by little. And so while I'm not really necessarily bringing this up to suggest a solution that would just put an end to all of this, but again, I do want to open the floor for people to hear, for people to understand things they may not have heard, to hear a little bit of my perspective, and to be able to have healthy conversation about these sorts of things, and to be able to really think about what it takes to improve. And so as much as it may not be as quick and as easy to just work on the education system as a whole, there are things that we can each do ourselves. The parts that we can take into our own hands which I think includes helping others that we see are going through their education journey and on an earlier part of their process. And just within the home, people really taking initiative to reinforce what is being learned and to really, again, create an environment that is comfortable for a student to be able to learn and to be able to grow. And this is definitely a topic that I want to talk about more deeply in the future. I definitely want to bring more ideas into this. I definitely want to bring in more topics that are closely related to the education system and disparities that we see and things of that sort. But I do wanna kind of give an introduction in here and really just allow the floor to be open to be able to think about these sorts of issues, to be able to think about the things that we do see and recognize them as issues. And so with that being said, that really is what I want to talk about for this entire episode. So really keep all that in mind be willing to have discussions, be willing to think about these things, be willing to think about what you know can be solved, what can be helped, what you can do for the people around you that are trying to grow and are trying to achieve their goals. And so that's really this entire episode. I hope you enjoyed this. Share it with someone and I'll see you in the next one.